Well, good morning, brothers and sisters. It's wonderful, even as our brother has been reminded us, the fact that we can gather in the name of our Lord Jesus. And it's wonderful to be reminded that it makes very little difference if we are doing that in person or through any other way, through a phone line, through a computer, it doesn't really matter. Uh, Of course, we love to be together in person. But what really matters is his presence. And as we have been experiencing in the last couple of weeks, thank the Lord, his presence is not limited to any particular medium or channel of gathering. Well, with that said, I would like to read with you some scriptures, starting from Philippians chapter 3. As you know, verse 12 has been our theme for the last couple of months. And today we would like to read it again, but we are going to start from uh, an earlier verse in the chapter, starting from verse 7. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but rubbish, so that I may gain Christ. Verse 9, and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to him, to his death, in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Verse 12, not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, 
I press on toward the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And then if you would turn to the book of Exodus, we would like to read from chapter 15, a couple of verses. And as you remember, this is the chapter where the children of Israel, they are on the eastern side of the Red Sea. They have crossed the Red Sea and they have been completely delivered from the Egyptians. And Moses leads the children of Israel in a song of praise to the Redeemer, to the Lord. So we would like to read three verses, starting from verse 13. In your loving kindness, you have led the people whom you have redeemed. In your strength, you have guided them to your holy habitation. Verse 17, you will bring them and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, the place, O Lord, which you have made for your dwelling, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established, the Lord shall reign forever and ever. Uh, 主啊,就是你手所建立的圣所,耶和华必作王直到永永远远。And then from the book of Romans, we want to read a couple of verses as well. Romans chapter 8, starting from verse 28. Romans 8, verse 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified.我们晓得万事都互相效力，叫爱神的人得益处，就是按他旨意被招的人，因为他预先所知道的人就预定定下效法他儿子的模样，使他儿子在许多弟兄中做长子，预先所定下的人又招他们来，所招来的人
Then the kingdom of heaven will be comparable to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five prudent. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no, no oil with them. But the prudent took oil in flasks along with their lamps. 愚拙地拿着灯，却不预备油。聪明地拿着灯，又预备油在器皿里。Verse five. Now, while the bridegroom was delaying, they all got drowsy and began to sleep. But at midnight there was a shout: "Behold, the bridegroom! Come out to meet him!" Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the prudent. Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the prudent answered, No, there will not be enough for us and you too. Go instead to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. 新郎迟延的时候, 请分点油给我们，因为我们的灯要灭了。聪明的回答说：“恐怕不够你我用的，不如你们自己到卖油的那里去买吧。”Verse ten, and while they were going out, and while they were going away to make the purchase, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in, went in with him to the wedding feast, and the door was shut. Later, the other virgins also came, saying. Lord, Lord, open up for us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Be on the alert then, for you do not know the day nor the hour. 他们去买的时候,新郎到了,拿预备好的,好了的,同他进去坐席,门就关了。其余的同女随后也来了,说,主啊,主啊,给我们看你,他却回答说,我实在告诉你们,我不认识你。所以你们要警醒,因为那日子,那时辰你们不知道. And finally from Ephesians chapter 5. 然后最后从以弗所书第五章, We want to start from verse 15. 从第十五节, Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Let's have a further word of prayer. Lord, again, we are so grateful that we can gather in the name of your beloved Son. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word, which is the lamp for our feet. And we pray that the Holy Spirit would be in charge of this time. 
And that by your Holy Spirit, the word of the Lord, which we just read, would indeed illumine our path. We confess that apart from you, we cannot do anything. And that your book for us would be closed apart from the Holy Spirit. But now, once again, we entrust this time into your hands. And we pray, Lord, that we may all experience that liberty that there is in the Holy Spirit throughout this hour. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Only you have words of eternal life. And we need to hear from you. Oh, quicken us by your word. Give us ears to hear. And a heart to obey and to follow you. We ask in your precious name. Well, brothers and sisters, we as we mentioned, we have been considering the verse Philippians 3:12 in the last couple of months. A couple of weeks ago, I shared on on this passage. And today, by the enabling of the Lord, I would like to take a step further to continue what I started. But it has been a while since I shared. In fact, I was just reminded that it, I still shared on the meeting place, but I shared for an audience of Six saints, because there were already laws in place, kind of asking for not a lot of people to gather. So it has been a while, and therefore I feel I need to do a little bit of review before taking that step further. Now, as we saw, Paul testifies that once the Lord laid hold of him, he, Paul, now is laying hold for that that the Lord has in view. So we can see that Paul is now, interestingly, Paul never states explicitly in Philippians 3 what is that for what for which the Lord laid hold of him. But on the other hand, he goes into quite a bit of detail of what is his pursuit, Paul's pursuit, to align himself to reach that goal. 
And so we hear him saying in this wonderful chapter, Philippians 3, phrases like, that I may know him. That I may gain Christ. That I may be found in him. That I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. All those things, in a way, they describe what it means to lay hold of that for which the Lord has laid hold of us. And the more I consider this chapter, it feels, it seems to me that we can gather a rather important principle from it. And that is that laying hold is the means by which the Lord will achieve or realize his purpose. It is only as we lay hold of that for which he laid hold of us that his purpose can be realized. Now, I read the verses again from Exodus because I feel that we have a very clear illustration of that principle in the verses in Exodus. So here we have the people of the Lord just redeemed by the Lord. They find themselves now on the deliverance side of the Red Sea. Delivered by the blood of the Lamb. Delivered by crossing the Red Sea. Completely out of reach from the enemy. And then in that wonderful song of praise from, for redemption, Moses makes amazing statements. So one of the things he says is that redemption is not an end in itself. Well, we, we can deduce that from the verses we read. He doesn't say, well, you redeem your people and that's it. In verse 13, he says, you have led your people whom you have redeemed. In your strength, you have guided them to your holy habitation. In other words, there is a purpose for that redemption. If we use the language from Philippians 3, we could say the Lord laid hold of Israel. But he laid hold of Israel unto a purpose. He wants to lead them to his holy habitation. 
And amazingly, that is something still in the future. Because later in verse 17, we have uh, an elaboration of that thought of the Lord guiding his people to his holy habitation. Moses says, you will bring them, Israel, and plant them, and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance. So see, that is the purpose of redemption. Well, I'm sorry, I'm going too fast. This is the means for the Lord. This is the means for the Lord get what he's really after. So it goes like this. He redeems the people. And then he will introduce this people in their inheritance in the land of Canaan. And what is the result of the people being introduced and planted in Canaan? Moses continues, you lead them to your dwelling place, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. In other words, it's only when Israel is firmly planted, firmly established in Canaan, in their inheritance, that the Lord will get his inheritance. Another way to put this would be like this. The Lord is after a sanctuary, having a habitation among his people. And that is something that ultimately he will get through David and Solomon. Of course, there is the tent. Yeah, we know that. But that, uh, which was not there, by the way, in Exodus 15. But, uh, I'm sorry. But you see, the reference here is of a sanctuary in his mountain, which obviously does not quite refer to the tent. So the place of his habitation, the mountain of his habitation, of course, that is something that awaits a couple of centuries. Until we get to Mount Moriah, where the temple was built. So, what is the principle that we see here? How is the Lord going to get his purpose, what he is after? 
，嗯，主到底要怎么样，他才能够啊成就他的心意呢 ？First, he's going to plant his people, cause them to inherit their or possess their possessions, inherit the land. 第一，他就要栽他的子民啊，在他的产业的山上。And then the Lord will get what he's after. 然后主才能够得着他要得着的。So in Philippians, we get to see a little bit of this principle. So in Philippians, we can see a little bit of this principle. How is the Lord going to get what He is after? Ah, is only when we lay hold of that for which He laid hold of us. So only when we get what He is after. Is only as we know Christ. Experientially, is when we can in experience It's only as we gain Christ, as Paul puts it. Ah, is only as we gain Christ, as Paul puts it. Ah, is only as we gain Christ, as Paul Not just having the title deed of the possession. No, no, that's not what is in view here. Ah, 不是只是得到这个地契 As soon as Israel stepped out of Egypt, they could say Canaan is ours because the Lord has given it to us already. Ah, 当这些人民从埃及出来的时候，他们已经可以说这个地是我们的，因为神给了他。他们 But it's Only after they crossed the Jordan River and put the, down the plant of their feet on the land, only then they could say, "Now we are possessing our possession." Ah, 只有他们过了这个约旦河，他们脚踏在这个迦南地里头，他们就可以说，我们要得着这个啊，得这个产业。Then they could say, "Now we are planted in the mountain of His inheritance." 那个时候，他们就可以说，我们是被栽于你产业的山上。And only after that, the Lord is finally going to get what He is after. 然后呢，主才能够终于得着他所要得着的。Even His habitation among His people. 啊，甚至是在他的子民当中的住处。So if we go back to New Testament language, the question is: So after all, what is He after? 所以我们如果回到新约的话，这神的心意他到底要得什么 ？Philippians three doesn't tell us that explicitly. 所以腓立比书跟我们讲的很清楚。The emphasis is more on what Paul is doing that that purpose may be realized. 啊，就是保罗要做什么，叫这个目的得到达可以达到。But if we want to spell out what the Lord is after, we need another passage in the New Testament. 可是我们如果真的要理解他要说什么，我们还需要新约的另一段话。And、of course, we read there are several passages, especially if you go to Ephesians. But we read another one in Romans that gives us a wonderful picture of what the Lord is after. 啊、uh, ，我们也读了一些经节，特别在罗马书的里头，我们看见主所要的。Uh, as a matter of fact, I shouldn't say gives us a picture. It just states explicitly this is what the Lord is after. 啊、uh, ，其实我不应该说这是一幅图画，因为它实在讲的非常的啊、uh, 确，呃呃确定
And that's of course Romans 8. And re- I'm going to read again verse 29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And there you have it. That's what the Lord is after. Many sons and daughters that are conformed to the image of his son. The Lord Jesus as the firstborn among many brethren that are like him. And if you want to use Old Testament language, it's only when you have those many brethren conform to the image of the Lord that the Lord has gained his sanctuary, his habitation. Well, one of the things that we considered last time is how this matter, when you read Romans 8, the matter of God achieving or, or getting what he's after, how that is absolutely sure. Actually, the language in Romans 8, it can hardly be more Certain than what it is. Think about it. It says that he foreknew us. I mean, eternity passed. We are not talking even in time. He foreknew us. And not only that, he predestined us. To be conformed, to become like the Lord Jesus. How can we know that his purpose is sure, that indeed is going to be realized? Because it's based on nothing less than the sovereign, predestining power of God. He decided he would do it and he will get it. That's how sure his purpose is. And because of that, verse 30 is most amazing to me. Actually, from verse 29 and 30, we mentioned something. I want to repeat it. We have a most wonderful chain in in these two verses, 29 and 30. A chain that has five links. And it begins with the Lord for no, with his foreknowledge. He foreknew us. 
啊，这个第一个练解呢，就是他预先啊所知道的人。And because he foreknew us, he predestined us. 就是因为他预先知道我们，所以他就预先定下我们。This is eternity past. 哦，这是在永远之前。But because he predestined us in eternity past, in time he called us. 可是因为他已经在永远之前就已经预定了我们，所以他就召我们。And because he calls us, he justifies us. 然后他召我们，又称我们为义。And then finally, it says. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. 然后他说所称为义的人又叫他们得荣耀。Now the amazing thing to me is that 很奇妙的是对我来说 ，the tense. Did you realize what is the tense here? 你有没有注意到这里的用的这个啊、呃、这个啊、呃、就是它的文。文字呃，文字的这个现代式或过去式。The final link in this wonderful chain is glorification. 啊，这条链子呢，最美妙的就是它的得荣耀。And that and that final step of glorification is stated in the past. 啊，这个美妙的这个得荣耀。确实，好像发生在以前的一件事情。Now, when you read Romans chapter eight, it has a lot to say about our, our glorification. 啊，你如果读罗马书第八章，它讲到许多都是关乎我们得荣耀的事。But it's evident that our glorification is something that will happen in actuality in the future. 所以，这个真正我们得荣耀呢，是在发生在将来的事。And this is consistent throughout the Bible. 啊，这是在圣经里头都是这样说。Christ in you, the hope of glory. Ah, Christ in you, ah, is glorious. And evidently, a hope is something that is still in the future. This hope is in the future. But do you realize the wonderful statement in verse thirty? But do you realize the wonderful statement in verse thirty? These whom he justified, he also. Glory, not will glorify. He also glorified in the past. He says, "So called righteous people glorified in the past. He says, "So called righteous people glorified in 旨意是何等的确切。He has called us, and he will get what he is after, even that you will be like his son, glorified. 他已经召我们来，我们也要按着他所说的，我们要最后得荣耀。Well,、uh, we another thing I want to mention again. 我还要再提，就是以前提的事。Is as we consider Romans eight. There is something that perhaps may be surprising to us. We are looking at Romans eight, and there are some things that may be surprising. His purpose is absolutely sure. He will glorify everyone whom he called. His purpose is absolutely sure. It never says that things today will be a bed of roses. 
哦，他没有说好像我们今天的日子就能够过得啊非常的平顺。No matter how sure his purpose is, that doesn't change the fact that today we are still going through suffering. 哦，不论他的啊，不论他的这个旨意是何等的确切啊，我们今天的日子呢，我们还是会经过苦难。And therefore, in the language of Romans chapter eight, we read of The sufferings of the present time. So, in Romans chapter eight, we read of creation groaning. We read of creation groaning. We read of creation groaning. We But the wonderful assurance in this chapter is that the Lord is going to use all the circumstances that are pretty adverse to fulfill His purpose. 可是我们有一个美好的一个确据，就是神会按着他的啊心意，他要来成就。Oh, what an assurance when we read verse twenty-eight. 啊，这真是一个啊啊确据啊！我们读二十二十八节。We know that all things work together for good of those who love the God, to love who love God. 我们知道啊，万事的互相效力，叫爱神的人得益处。From the context, the all things is not when you win the lottery, is not when you get a raise, a promotion. No, no, it's talking about the sufferings. He's talking about the groanings. He's talking about all those adversities. From our this above text, we can see that this is not like you get a raise or you get some benefit, but it's talking about suffering. Of course, all things means all things. So is is the good, the bad, and the ugly. All is included. So all things means all things. But what I'm trying to say is that from the context in Romans eight, we see that the emphasis is on the adversity, on the sufferings of the present time, on the groanings that we are going through. 可是，在罗马书八章呢，我们这上下节我们可以看得出来，他这里讲到的万事是在包括的是在讲我们的叹息，我们的劳苦。And dear brothers and sisters, I feel so strongly that in times like these, when we are going in this kind of days. As the days we're going through, what an assurance these words should be to our hearts. So, dear brothers and sisters, especially we are now experiencing this special time. These words are very important for us. It doesn't matter if we are going through such a day of terrible epidemic or, or a, a pandemic. Oh, no matter if We know that the economy is. Who knows what is going to happen? We also don't know if the country's economy will be reset. Oh, but thank the Lord, the sufferings of the present time, the groanings that are so real, He is using those very things to fulfill His purpose. But we thank the Lord because He is using those very things. Actually, our chapter is—I mean, Romans chapter eight 
seems to be saturated with certainty. 甚至我们这个罗马书第八章，它正是充满充斥着这个啊这些确据。Later we read, if God is for us, who is against us? 啊，我们之后啊，我们也看到就是，如果神是啊啊，如果神他是啊，神所帮助我们，谁能抵挡我们？He who did not spare his only son, but Delivered him up for all of us. How he shall not give us with him all things? 神既不爱惜自己的儿子，为我们众人舍了，岂不也把万物和他一同白白的赐给我们吗？ And in all things, we are overwhelmingly conquerors through him who loved us. 所以我们靠着爱我们的主，在这一切的事上已经得胜有余了。So I don't know about you, but when I read these words, oh, what a sense of blessed assurance is ours. Well, enough for a re- recap, I guess. Now we would like to, by the grace of the Lord, to take the, this step further. As we compare Romans 3 and Romans chapter 8, there are many points of similarity of contact in my estimation. Both chapters speak of a calling. In Philippians, Paul speaks of the upward call of God. In Christ Jesus. And that is the call that we find ourselves in today. And of course, in Romans we read that all things work together for those who are called according to his purpose. Both chapters you find in both chapters we find the idea of purpose. In Romans, the purpose of God is clearly stated. In Philippians, even though that purpose is not clearly stated, we see how Paul is pursuing. God's purpose in all those dis- wonderful descriptions that we read throughout the chapter. Uh, Whether it is to gain Christ so to, or to know him or to attain to the resurrection from the dead or to lay hold of that, all of those things show a purpose in Paul's life to align himself with God's purpose. But then when we continue the comparison, there is one problem that seems to emerge at face value. 
So as we have, have been kind of going through the, the review, the language in Romans 8 is the language of absolute certainty. The Lord will get what he is after. No shadow of a doubt. But when we read Philippians chapter 3 carefully, it's quite clear that the language is not the same. In Philippians, we could almost say that there is a sense of uncertainty in the outcome. Let me give you one or two examples. In verse 11, Paul says, in the New American Standard, in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Now, if you go through a more literal translation of the verse, the idea is there is an element of uncertainty in that. He says something to it to the effect of, if by any means I may attain to the out-resurrection from the dead. Now, when you hear if by any means, I mean, it's the if there gives you a sense of, well, it may happen or it may not happen. Or how about verse 12? I con- Sorry. I do not consider that I already have attained it. I'm in a process. And in verse 14, we read, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. There is a prize in front of Paul, but there is no guarantee that he is going to get that particular prize that he has in mind. So the question becomes, how can we reconcile Romans 8 with all the certainty God is going to get what he's after? With the language in Philippians 3, the uncertain element there. Well, brothers and sisters, it seems to me that there is a matter of timing involved when we compare Romans 8 and Romans 3. Speaking of two different times, if I may use that language. From Romans 8, we know the Lord will glorify us. Will glorify us. 
It is stated as an accomplished fact. He glorified us. One day, when you get to Revelation, when we read Revelation 21 and 22, we see the eternal city coming down from heaven to earth. And in that city, everyone that was redeemed by the Lord will be there, perfected, completed. Thank the Lord, He will glorify us. But the question becomes, how long will it take for the Lord to glorify us? When we read Philippians 3, we get the impression that that may happen either sooner or later. If that is the case, the price which Paul is straining himself to gain would refer to be glorified at an earlier hour. Now, I feel we need to elaborate a little more and see these things in the passage itself. So, one thing that it's implied in Philippians 3 is a picture of a race. Now, interestingly, we don't see the word race being mentioned in Philippians 3. However, the terminology of a race is all over the chapter, especially from verses 12 through 14. So in verse 14, for instance, Paul speaks of a goal. And that goal could be translated as a mark that runners in a race would keep their eyes on that final destination of the race. Today we would say the finishing line. That's what many scholars suggest that the word goal refers to. And then we read Paul saying that he presses on towards that goal. And again, you have language that is applicable to a race. The idea is of someone that is moving swiftly towards that goal, that finishing line. And finally, we read about a price. The reward that is conferred to the winner of the race. 
Now, if we think for a sec, what is the point of a race? Maybe you would say, well, it's crossing the line. But no, that is not quite what is the point. Perhaps we should describe that the goal of a race is crossing the line at an earlier hour, as quickly as possible. Or swiftly reaching the goal. So think about it for a second. You you have marathons, right? Which is one type of race. And usually the the runners of a marathon, they will complete the 26 miles in the good ones, right? They will do it in something a little more than two hours, two hours and 10 minutes, something like that. Actually, I don't know how that is humanly possible to run 26 miles, let alone in two hours and 10 minutes. Now, imagine that I, completely out of shape, decide to run a marathon. Of course, because I'm not prepared for that, instead of running, most likely I'm going to walk the marathon. Uh And instead of completing in two hours and ten minutes or so, uh it's probably going to take me the whole day or maybe two days I'll have to sleep in the middle and wake up and and finally I'll cross the finishing line. But you see that there is a problem with my running the marathon? I did cross the finishing line. But that did not happen in the proper expected time. It did not happen at an earlier hour. It took me a whole day. So when we consider again our problem comparing Romans 8 and Philippians 3, I believe that's an indication of how to reconcile this. Will we reach the goal? That is an unqualified yes. Thank the Lord. When we get to that city, every redeemed of the Lord will be perfectly glorified. Perfectly conformed to the image of Christ. But the question is, 
Do we have to wait until we get to that city? 可是问题呢，是我们要花多少时间可以到那个圣城？ When we read scriptures, we know that when our Lord Jesus comes back on His return, that does not usher immediately the city of of the New Jerusalem coming down from heavens to the new earth. No. 我们知道圣经里头跟我们说，当主耶稣再回来的时候呢，啊，他并不是马上就能够啊就带下这个，好像圣城耶路撒冷从天降下。Before that, our Lord Jesus will reign on this earth. For a thousand. In that, in that, before, our Lord Jesus will reign on the earth for a thousand years. And those who have overcome, those who have lived a is not a super spiritual life. No, is the normal Christian life. Those who reign with Him. Ah, not those who are like the super saints, but those who are spiritual saints. So, brothers and sisters, the question for me and for you is: When he comes back at that earlier hour, will be will we be prepared? So, brothers and sisters, I want to read another verse in the New Testament. Ah, I want to read another verse in the New Testament. Where Paul is also talking about the race. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse twenty-seven. Ah, Corinthians chapter nine, verse twenty-seven. Because I feel that here Paul is even more explicit about the uncertainty of getting that prize of being ready at an early hour. 啊，这里也讲到，就是保罗他何等的，就是呃，在更短的时间之内，他就啊到达目标目标。Paul says, "But I discipline my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified." 保罗说：“我是攻克己身，叫身服我，恐怕我传福音给别人，自己反被弃绝了。” And I'm sorry, I didn't read the whole context. But when you read, he clearly is talking about a race. Ah, I didn't read this section. But he is clearly talking about a race. And he is applying that race to himself. He is applying that race to himself. And he says these amazing words. So he mentions these words. Somehow he doesn't take it for granted. That he'll get the prize. So he's not saying that he's going to definitely get the prize. But he exercises self-discipline. But he exercises self-discipline. But he exercises I think we have another example of this principle in other, in several other passages in the New Testament. 我想在新约里头还有几段的经文啊，也是提到这一个原则。But I want to concentrate on the two last passages we read at the beginning, Matthew chapter twenty-five. 可是我愿意稍微看一下我们刚才读过的马太福音二十五章。And there we have the the parable of the ten virgins. 
So I would like to point out something that perhaps is not so obvious at a first reading. Well, a couple of things that should be obvious are is the following. But the difference between the five foolish and the five wise ones is not a difference of essential character. I should say essential nature. The ten are are characterized as virgins. It's not that five are real virgins and the other five are not. No, the ten are virgins. And the ten have oil in their lamps. Now, oil in scripture is consistently used as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. So, obviously, we have a picture of ten believers that are virgins, as the Bible refers to believers, and all of them have the Holy Spirit. So what is the difference between the, the two groups? What makes five of them wise and five of them foolish? Is having or not extra oil? Or to use the language that Paul uses in the passage of Ephesians that we read, five of them are filled with the Holy Spirit. Now it seems very interesting to me. The dialogue that the 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 wise and the, the foolish have when the bridegroom finally is coming. Because the foolish, they say, uh, well, we realize that our lamps are going out, that we don't have extra oil. Could you give us a little bit of your oil? And the five and the wise say, no, we cannot, because we're going to run out and you're going to not, not have enough. However, go to the dealers and buy it. In a way, they are describing their own experience that they already had. They went to the dealers before the other ones, and they already bought it. Or in other words, they became filled with the Holy Spirit in a, at an earlier hour. Our brother Daniel shared with us a couple of weeks ago. 
Daniel弟兄他有跟我们分享 And he mentioned the matter of first fruits 他就提到这个初结的果子 And the picture is that when you have a harvest Some spots in that harvest, in that in that field, in that plantation They become ready, mature, before the rest of the field 所以就是那个图画呢，就是在一个收割的时候，啊，在一个地方的啊，这个收割的这个啊，果子当中，有一些果子都更早点熟。So before you have the general harvest of the whole field, some patches of the field they can be have little harvest because they are already mature。所以你在啊，正式的要收割整个。啊,這果子的時候,有一部分的已經比較先先熟了。And uh, that is the principle of first fruits. 啊,這就是這個出手的果子的的原則。Some get mature at an earlier hour. 啊,有一些呢,在更早的時間就啊成熟了。When you read the parable of the ten virgins, the question is how then can we be prepared for the Lord? How can we be ready for Him at an earlier hour? And the answer is quite simple. It's by buying extra oil at an early hour. Again, not a matter of having oil or not having oil. That is not the point of the parable. All do have oil in their lives. So the question is not if you have oil, because ten have oil. But to have that extra oil, it has to be bought. We need to go to the dealers and have certain experience while there is time. Now, I hope we realize sometimes we, we, we go through certain terms and we miss perhaps the most fundamental points of them. 我們或許經歷過一段時間,可是我們卻,我們卻眼瞎了還沒有看見當看見的。But have you thought about this expression to buy? 可是你有沒有思想關於這個要去買買那個油的事。If buying this extra oil is the point of being prepared for the coming of the Lord, I think this is something really important for us to understand. 如果這個要買這個多餘的油,對我們是這樣子的重要的話,我盼望我們都能夠注意這個。What is implied in buying? 什麼是要去買呢? In a way, when we buy something, we lose something to gain something else. 當我們要買一個東西的時候呢? 我们会需要放弃或者是舍去一些东西,我们才能够得着。And put it quote unquote, you're losing some money when you're buying something. 或者我们就说,我们要花一点钱,我们才能够买。
it's of course literally is an exchange, but I want to use the I want to make this a little stronger. Something has to be lost for us to buy something else. And the advice of the five wise virgins, describing their own experience, most likely, is you have to go to the dealers and you have to buy it. Obviously, the five foolish virgins never bothered in time to lose that money, to exchange that money to get the extra oil. Of course, when we read Ephesians chapter 5, the parallels between Matthew 25 and Ephesians 5 are too many to miss, I feel. In both passages, we read about wise versus foolish. In Ephesians, Paul says, therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. In both passages, we read about being filled, having something extra. In Matthew, it's extra oil. But in Ephesians, it's the same idea, but you don't get the picture, the symbol, you get the reality, being filled with the Holy Spirit. In both passages, you have the word, and it's the same Greek word, by the way, to buy. So in Matthew 25, we read, go to the dealers and buy the extra oil. But in Ephesians 5.16, we read, in my translation, it says, making the most of your time. But the original says, buying the time, exactly the same word as as Matthew chapter 25. And we can imply from both passages that buying is the way to be filled of the Holy Spirit. Again, we are not talking about the initial reception of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That is by grace in our initial salvation. However, when it comes to have the fullness 
of the Holy Spirit. Something has to be lost. 可是当我们在讲到这个圣灵的丰满，啊，我们需要要能够丧失一些东西来得着。We cannot be filled with something if something else is already filling that space. 如果我们里头已经有一些东西被充满了，我们不可能可以啊丧失这些来得着。Some room has to be made for the fullness of the Holy Spirit. 你为了要让圣灵能够充满你。and the buying process seems to imply exactly that something is lost. You give something in return for something else. So this buying process Now, as we conclude, let me point to two We want to go back to our initial chapter, Philippians chapter three. So we want. Because in Philippians 3, interestingly, we, we don't find the word by there. However, we certainly find the idea of by. Isn't that the testimony of Paul? If you go to verse 7. Philippians 3.7 He says, But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus. My Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but rubbish, so that I may gain Christ. 不但如此，我也将万事当作有损的，因我已认识我主基督耶稣为至宝，我为他已经丢弃万事，看作粪土，为要得着基督。Oh, here you have Paul, willing to lose everything. Give everything away to do you see the buying thing? He loses everything, he gains Christ. And in that way he has a hope that he may be ready at an earlier hour. Or that he can Finish the race early to win it, so to speak. Well, brothers and sisters, I, I feel this matter of buying the extra oil or losing all things to gain Christ has many applications in our lives. Now, amazingly, it has a lot to do with how we use our time. It seems that Paul links the two ideas in Ephesians 5. As we buy the time, 
Or in other translations, the idea is as you buy the opportunity, then finally you're filled with the Holy Spirit. I think our brother Dana mentioned the other day in one of his sharings. When we think in the days that we are living, where probably a lot of us have a, a little more time because we are being forced to that. Brothers and sisters, what an opportunity. But let me ask you, are we buying this opportunity? Are we using our time to get to gain more of the extra oil? Are we counting all things but lost because of the surpassing excellency of knowledge in Christ Jesus? It is very practical, I feel, brothers and sisters. I want to read the last verse to conclude. Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah upon him. While he is near. The implication of the verse is that there is a window of opportunity to find the Lord. The five wise virgins, they bought that window of opportunity. They used that opportunity in time to get the extra oil. The five foolish did it. And one day the window closes. So I feel that the word for all of us is seek the Lord while he may be found. Let us have a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for your words. Our prayer, Lord, is that you be gracious and merciful to us. We don't want these things to be more knowledge 
and stay there at that level. So we pray that your Holy Spirit may apply that double-edged sword and divide all things that have to be divided in our lives. We pray for grace to hear and to respond to your glory. We ask the things in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. And our meeting ends here.